Good evening, and happy Halloween Eve, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Detailing Mind. I'm your host, Jason. Tonight, we're going to continue on with the Halloween special, brought to you by Angie's Treasure Chest. Visit angiestreasurechest.com and pick out some nice gifts. Black Friday is coming up here next month, so make sure that you have your gifts ready and shop for for Christmas coming up at the end of this year. Angie'sTreasureChest.com. So the story tonight takes us to a forested mountainous area where we see a quaint cathedral nestled out in the middle of nowhere. Here is where we meet Father Reinhardt and two orphans at the orphanage built into the cathedral. Peter and Zoe. Father Reinhardt, Peter, and Zoe are on a little bit of an adventure. The father has only been at this particular cathedral for just under a year, and he thought it would be best to get to know some of the kids by taking them on little adventures around the around the area, whether hiking, um, doing a little bit of mountain climbing, or just wandering around trying to get the kids um, acquainted with him being the new face in town, if you will. Now, the three that we're talking about in this story will find something very unusual. So stay tuned for Tales of Terror. Hope you two are having a fun time on our little adventure, said Father Reinhardt. It's exciting to find these old quarters beneath the cathedral, isn't it? Reminds me of the Indiana Jones movie where he had to shimmy down a rope to get to the uh, the catacombs underneath the uh, the cathedral there in in France. Peter looked at him and goes, Yeah, I guess, but nothing can beat watching my favorite basketball player win his fourth championship with a third with the three different teams. It's kinda of hard to beat that. Father Reinhardt chuckled. The day after the big sporting event, Peter was sure to get another jersey of his favorite player. He was really into basketball. And Bugs, apparently. Because that's exactly what Peter was aiming for with his next statement. Well, you know, if there's some pretty cool Bugs down here, Father, it'd be a really great time. It'd be an exciting uh, adventure. Well, you'd be very correct, Peter, said Father Reinhardt. So why don't we take a look around, see if we can't find the stairs back up top to the uh, the main floor. At that, Father Reinhardt tried his look at the, on the first door. Opening it, he looked through and saw a rickety old wooden bridge. Once again, reminding him of a scene from an Indiana Jones movie. It looked like it had been there for centuries. Many of the boards were missing. The ropes looked like they could give it any time. Father Reinhardt didn't really feel comfortable trying to cross that bridge, especially when he looked down and realized the chasm below emptied into utter darkness. Chickening out, Father decided to just shut the door and try another door. He entered through and entered into a room what appeared to be a research lab. Somewhere in the room came a dripping noise, and it just greatly bothered Father Reinhardt. He couldn't put his finger on what it was that was causing such discomfort. Not wanting to stay in the room any longer, he, the father continued to the next room, finding the furnace room. He looked around and noticed something odd sitting on top of the furnace. Sitting way back in the corner. Straining to get his hand up and over. 
he could barely grasp what felt like the corner of a book. Reaching a little bit further, Father Reinhardt was able to get his fingertips on it and pull it a little bit closer. But as he did so, some of the debris on the ground that he was stepping on must have broken because all of a sudden he came slamming into the furnace, burning his leg up and down the side. Grasping on the book and quickly jetting backwards, Father Reinhardt patted himself down and looked over some of his burns. It wasn't too terribly bad, but at least he got a book out of the deal. The father thumbs through some of the pages. It looked like it was an old diary, probably from a previous father or priest from generations ago. Excited to see what what information he could read, he gently tucked the book underneath his shoulder, underneath his armpit. Meanwhile, Zoe decided to try the fourth room, the fourth door. Opening and stepping through, she found herself in a very interesting room. A little bit larger than most, than most rooms she imagined would be. There was an underground lake, and there was no floor. It was just a, just some you know dirt. It wasn't even sand. She walked around, and then she thought she heard a splash come from somewhere in this underground lake that stretched off into oblivion. Startled, she moved up against the wall and discovered that it was dirty. Just as dirty and sooty as the ground beneath her. She rolled around a little bit, getting her dress all dirty, and then started rubbing her face. But something felt odd. Something felt out of the ordinary with this this dirt. Because as she started rubbing, trying to rub it off, she got on her hands, and then she got on her face, in her hair. And it felt like this dirt was trying to suffocate her. Startled by this extra weight that she felt pulling her down, she stumbled into the next room and what looked like to be an old wine cellar. But what was also odd about this room was there was a lighter and some dynamite just laying in the middle of the room. Intrigued by its odd placement, Zoe picked it up, looked it over, and then shoved the lighter in her little pocket on her dress. Coughing as she fumbled around for whatever else she could find in the wine cellar. Meanwhile, once again back in the main basement landing where the three shimmied down the rope, Peter looked around. What was missing was the rope itself. Where did it go? He thought about just climbing back up because he didn't really want to do this. He had other things to do. He wanted to go back to the courts and shoot some hoops. He didn't really think there'd be bugs down here. But maybe there were. So maybe it was a good thing after all that the rope was now missing that they shimmied down to get into this basement landing. He tried the one room, the one door that was still untried. Walking into it, he ran into a room with a large pentagram etched into the floor. Was it healing blood? What was that? It had a very weird dark red color to it. Propped up in the corner, he found a katana. Cool. Kind of reminded him of a sword that Leonardo used in the Ninja Turtles. Peter picked it up and did a couple swings with it before sheathing it in his invisible sheath next to his side. Holding the hilt of the, the katana with the blade 
blade pointing away from him and walked back out of the room. Knowing that, the, that Father Reinhardt tried the first door and then backed out and went the other way, Peter got intrigued, so he decided to go into that room where the bottomless chasm was. Mustering the courage to cross, he did cross and he got to the other side, opening the door and finding a storage room. Nothing out of the ordinary, except from the shelf there was a small necklace, an amulet, silver with a bunch of random gems and inscriptions with blessings and prayers etched into it. Excited to find something so unique, he decided to put it on. Meanwhile, a few rooms down, Father Reinhardt decided to continue looking around. There's got to be a staircase somewhere to get out of these basement, uh, this basement labyrinth. Father opened the next door to find what looked like catacombs. He was about to enter and, and, and try his luck at the maze when he saw a human skull laying on the floor in the corner. A little freaked out. Once again, Father Reinhardt decided, you know what? Don't need to go in this room. Don't need to see what's on the other side. So he decided he backed out, turned around, and just went across the boiler room to the other end where he found another door. Once inside, flipped on the lights, which surprisingly worked, and he found an old game room. He decided to sit down for a moment, catch his breath, and just kind of see what kind of trinkets he could find while in this old room. <laughs> Meanwhile, Peter continued on beyond the, the storeroom, and he came to an organ room. He looked around, and right above the organ, there was an oddly placed mirror. He looked at it for a moment, but then realized it wasn't moving when he moved. And even worse, it looked like him, but from another time, another place. Suddenly the image writes on the mirror, this will help. And before Peter knew it, the image disappeared and a hand reached out, handing Peter a feather. Confused, Peter just took the feather and looked it over before putting it in his pocket. Room's over. Zoe is coughing more and more from the dirt. It felt like it was closing in to her, on her, almost to the point of suffocating her to death. She stammered her way over to the, the, another room, opened the door, and much to her relief, she found Father Reinhardt sitting in an old game room. She came up to him and sat next to him, Father, this, this dirt, it's really hard for me to to breathe, it does not feel ordinary. Is there anything you can do to help me? The father, intrigued, and a little skeptical about whether or not this dirt was ordinary or not, decided to take a read from the book that he had found. After reading, reading through a few pages, he started humming and nodding and showing signs of intrigue by what he was reading. Then what he did is he did a little routine 
and brushed her face clean. And the remaining dirt that was on her smeared all over her dress and her hair, every inch of her, every single dirt particle just brushed away, kind of fell to the ground as if it were as light as a feather. Feeling much better, little Zoe decided, I'm going to keep looking around. I, I really want to find these, the steps and get out of here. She saw the door in the, in the other corner of the room and figured she'd open it up and see what was on the other side. Moving into the room, turning on the lights, it looked like an operating lab. And much to her horror, she saw three bodies hanging from frayed ropes, creaking as they swung back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. All three of them, as they swung, slowly turned till they seemed like they stopped and just stared at her as they swung. Gasping in fright, Zoe moved backwards and watched as the three faded into nothing. The father, still in the game room, heard the gasp of Zoe and came looking. Not seeing the three ghostly figures dangling from the ceiling, Zoe tried to explain to him what, what, what she saw, but she was too frightened. She, she could barely get the words out. Reassuringly, though, Father Reinhardt knew that something had spooked her. Don't worry, little one. I'll go on ahead and investigate into the next room. If everything looks good, I will beckon you in and we'll keep going. And we'll just keep doing that until we find the stairs. Is that all right with you? Little Zoe could only nod her head in agreement, standing behind the father as he moved towards the next door that led through to their side of the operating lab. He creaked open the door and stepped inside, only to find a, a crypt in a subterranean lair? But even more creepy was when a gust of wind crescendoed, gaining speed, accelerating, accelerating, turning into a screeching howl, blowing at what had to be tornado strength. Trying to brace himself, Father Reinhardt lost his footing, tripping over a shovel and smashing to the ground, breaking his arm. As the wind died down, back to a calm, dead, uneasy stillness, the the father slowly rose back up to his feet, trying to nurse his broken arm as best he could. Meanwhile, on the other side of the chasm, Peter found a side door in the organ room. Still intrigued by what could be on the other side, he decided to open the door and entered into a vault. Beyond the vault door, he can make out what looked like a staircase. Also, a couple other trinkets that were sitting on a on top of a box on the, in the other corner of the, the vault. Peter tried his luck, and sure enough, the door was unlocked. Entering into the vault, Peter checked over the, the trinkets, and uh, he found some interesting items. He found... Well, it looked like a, a very old music box. 
and much to his delight, three dice with interesting bugs as icons to denote whether it's one, two, three, or four for the dice faces. He just had to keep those. Bug dice? Who couldn't who who wouldn't want those? Even more exciting, though, was he found stairs. Instinctively, Peter called out, Father Reinhardt, Father Reinhardt, I found the stairs, I found the staircase. But he did not hear any reply. Back to the crypt where we find Father Reinhardt. Unfortunately, Zoe didn't pay much attention to the instruction given to her because she followed the father into the crypt. Luckily for Zoe, though, once the howling started, she did not succumb to the high winds falling down and hurting herself. She was able to take cover. Returning to the furnace room. But unfortunately for her, she snuggled a little too close to that furnace and burnt her arm. Once Father Reinhardt did get to his feet and finish nursing his wounds, he decided to go and look for Zoe. The spooky crypt... And the fiendish screeching of the wind must have definitely scared her. Luckily, he didn't have to go very far because, as earlier stated, he found her hiding in the furnace room and bearing a similar burn to what the father had also endured earlier. Father Reinhardt, Father Reinhardt, can you hear me? I found the staircase. Peter tried a second time. Still no response. Maybe that chasm was a further divide than what he thought. Without hearing any reply and not wanting to leave the father and his friend down in the basement of this cathedral, he decided to head back and look for the other two. But as he left, instinct kicked in and he accidentally shut the vault door behind him. Worried that he may have locked it, he tried to reopen it. But much to his dismay, he couldn't get it unlocked again. Giving up on the door for now, he decided to return to go look for his his friend and the father. Peter retraced the steps, getting back to the chasm, and once again recrossing it with not so much as a, a, a fear. All the while looking around, seeing if he could find where the other two went. He reached back to the landing area where they had started their adventure. And made his way towards the research lab. Meanwhile, Zoe and the father decide to try the other door. Heading towards the catacombs once again. But, unfazed by the father's warnings, Zoe decided to wind through the catacombs anyway and came across another hallway at the other side. Oddly, the door at the end of this hallway was labeled kitchen. And, well, 
when I go inside of it, it says kitchen. So I opened the door and walked in to find the door, the, the refrigerator door half open and a mangy little dog in there sniffing and scarfing down whatever he could find. At the sound of the kitchen door opening, the dog stopped, turned around, and looked at the little girl. Excited, he went up and started licking her. And much to Zoe's delight, she made a new friend. The father was not quite so fast at getting through the catacombs. He stumbled through, still pretty freaked out by the skull he had seen earlier, but did manage to pass through the catacombs and into the hallway. But instead of following the route that Zoe took, he decided to go a different direction and found himself in an old junk room. The box on one of the shelves he found what looked like a a crystal ball. It wasn't that big of a crystal ball. Pretty small sized actually. The the ball itself looked like it was probably the size of his fist. And it looked pretty old. It could have been a collector's item. Still clutching the book that he had with him. He once again reasserted the book underneath his armpit and carried the crystal ball in, in that hand making sure to hold on to the prizes he had just claimed <laughs> about this time that they had reached the other side of the catacombs Peter was able to get, make his way into the furnace room however not seen either the father or his friend Zoe and feeling a little disoriented. He backtracked back to the basement landing and into the room with the underground lake. Stopping the marvel at the oddity of an underground lake being underground and the dirt acting as the floor. Zoe, on the other hand, with her new friend hanging out in the kitchen, decided there was nothing really good to eat and decided to continue adventuring. The kitchen had a side room, so she went through that door and into a storage room. Probably some sort of walk-in refrigerator or something for for food or, or food prep. On the shelf, she came across a bowl with some sticky paste to it. Not quite sure what this sticky paste was. She picked it up, returned to the kitchen, and seeing the father across the hall in the other room, decided to go and join him. Once in the the room with the father... She showed him the pace, and the father, having some basic knowledge of remedies, discovered that it was actually a healing salve. So, since they both were burnt, the father on his leg and little Zoe on her arm, he was able to use up the healing valve solve to... Uh, to heal their their burns, smoothing the remains of the bowl onto his leg and her arm until it was all gone. The pain was dissipating, and they were getting back to feeling like normal. The father, once again, making sure that Zoe understood the instructions that let him take the lead, investigate the room, and then beckon for her to come in when it was all safe. Decided to keep looking. What was odd is they found what looked like to be a dumb old dumbwaiter. But it was 
more than a dumbwaiter. It was one of those old school pulley type dumbwaiter elevators that the occupants had to get into the, the elevator and then pull the elevator up using a, a rope and pulley type system. Beckoning for Zoe to, to join him, they figured, why not give it a try? If they can get it to work and get it to go up to the cathedral level, they'd be able to take it back down again and find Peter and all three of them could get out of there with a fun adventure of exploring the labyrinth beneath the cathedral. The father starts pulling the rope and the elevator starts working its way upward and upward and upward, almost to the point where the father swore that they could have been on the main level and back into the halls of the cathedral. But before they could click the elevator into place on that level, something went drastically wrong. The elevator, whether it was the rope itself snapping or the father losing his grip or some horrible combination thereof, the elevator came crashing back down again. And in the process, Father Reinhardt re-injured his leg. Luckily, little Zoe was unscathed, scared from the calamity that just befell them. She ran back into the other room and across that room into what looked like the groundskeeper's quarters. Nothing was in the room. It had not been used for decades. But laying on the bed, on top of the pillow, was a gold medallion. Finding it very pretty, and somehow still in perfect mint condition, despite the dirt and the grime and the dust of years of neglect, the medallion was still perfectly shiny, as if it was just made yesterday. Excited, she picked it up and once again put it in a little pocket right next to the lighter. Somehow, through all of this, she had never let go of that stick of dynamite, clinching it like a stress ball as she ventured from room to room with Father Reinhardt. Meanwhile, back on the side of the chasm with the other two, Peter, back back in the room with the lake, heard the calamity of the elevator come crashing back down, started running in that direction. He ran through the wine cellar, the game room, back into the furnace room. But as he approached the, the room that led into the catacombs, he stopped spooked by this labyrinth of what could only be described as death. He did not want to go through there. But as he stood there, hands in his pockets, trembling a little bit, his fingers rubbed up against the feather. And then out of nowhere, as if it was magical, he grew angel wings and flew over top the the catacomb maze and to the other side. Once on the other side of the catacombs and once landed, these wings disappeared, as did his feather.
Once there, he went, he goes into the junk room where he sees Zoe. Meanwhile, the, the father, still stumbling around and recovering from his little escapade in the elevator, fumbled out and into the corridor. And he didn't know if he had hit his head or what it was, but he could have sworn he saw blood just filling all over the room, coming from the ceilings, the walls, oozing up through some of the cracks. He had to shake his head to see if it was really true. After a couple times of shaking it off, closing his eyes, he opened them again, only to see that it was just a regular room. Nothing there. The father, once he got his bearings, started fumbling around the room. In the corner was the door, so he tried it. Why not? And lo and behold, there was the staircase to get up the stairs. He found the staircase. But what about the other two? Zoe still fumbling around looking for other rooms to visit leaves the junk room and enters an abandoned room. Peter falls right behind her. And then seeing another room Zoe decides that she's going to go and investigate there and opens the door. And even stranger finds herself in a gymnasium. And that's when a reddish pentagram starts to glow on her golden medallion that she had found earlier. From somewhere off in the distance, they hear a yell. It's Father Reinhardt. Father Reinhardt, having just found the staircase and contemplating about where the two kids could be at, re-glanced up the stairs that for sure had to lead to the cathedral grounds. But instead of the staircase being empty, a figure stood at the top. Recognizing the figure from lore, the Father Reinhardt gasped. It was Crimson Jack, an infamous killer who had either died or disappeared generations ago. Some say that he was murdered in the catacombs beneath the cathedral. Others said he just simply disappeared. And now, at this moment, Professor Reinhardt realized this cathedral was the cathedral that had the labyrinth below it that they were now in, where Crimson Jack was last seen, who had murdered people. Not knowing where his two kids were, instinctively he yelled, Run, kids, run! And hobbles his way until he finally finds the junk room where he sees Zoe. If by sheer luck, though, the father pulled out his his diary that he had been carrying with him. 
this had to be the diary of a priest or a father. And by instinct, started flipping through the pages. And sure enough, it was a diary from a, a, a priest, a father, who had served at the cathedral during the time of Crimson Jack. And he had written down notes from what he could he was able to find regarding this spirit, this this monster that was Crimson Jack. Reading through the notes, he realized, hey, we need to find some cursed glowing weapon. If we can find that cursed glowing weapon, we could turn around and use it to kill Crimson Jack. As if by divine will, Peter came running in the room shortly thereafter. The katana that he had found at the beginning of the journey was glowing. Relieved, Father Reinhardt quickly mentioned to Peter what was going on. The importance of the sword, how it was cursed, and how they needed to use it to kill a monster behind, somewhere behind him named Crimson Jack, who was known for going on a rampage and killing scores of people in this, underneath this very church in the halls that they were standing now. Excited and holding his spear, what Peter failed to realize was he still had some, his one hand in his pocket touching the dice that he had picked up. And when he went to go and pull his hand out of his pocket to put it on the spear, he had accidentally pulled the dice out with his hand and they fell to the floor. After they landed and came to a stop, as if by cue, mist started pouring into the room from the ceiling, from the floor, from the walls, from every corner. And as the room filled with the mists, ghost figures, humanly faces started appearing in them, screaming. They had to be the, the victims of Crimson Jack. As the wisps slowly died, Father Reinhardt reassured the children, don't worry kids, it's just Crimson Jack's attempt to cause fear in us. As long as we don't get scared, he will not be able to do us very much harm. Father Reinhardt continued to read in the book, describing how to use the spear but as they finish the page, before you get to the vital information, Zoe screams from next to him as Crimson Jack enters the room. Scared, and with the only defense mechanism that she had at, available to her at hand, she pulled the lighter out of her pocket. Dynamite stick still in hand, lit the fuse and threw it across the room to the feet of Crimson Jack. Bang! The dynamite goes off. The room fills with smoke. Chaos. And as the smoke slowly clears, Crimson Jack is gone. Unfortunately, Laying on the floor in the middle of the room is Father Reinhardt, dead. Shrapnel cutting through him. Luckily, though, Peter was able to dodge most of the blast, hiding. He picked up the book and the crystal ball and peering into it, he realized the horrible, horrible truth. Because that's what the crystal ball's power was. 
it could reveal the truth at the most important time. And what was that horrible truth? Zoe is the granddaughter of Crimson Jack. And the dice that he had found once belonged to Crimson Jack. During the long hours and the long days and the long shifts that he spent underneath the cathedral working as the groundskeeper. As Peter looked up, he saw Zoe sneering menacingly at him. Grandpa Jack will tear you apart. Give me that necklace. It belongs to our family. She lunges for it, but misses. Stumbling over the music box that remained on the floor. Kicking it over, it opened up and she stumbles over the father's dead body. Ignoring the music, Peter runs out of the room, through the hallway and the catacombs, not stopping until he gets back to the basement landing where this whole adventure first started. Luckily, he had the book with him as well, where he started reading the second page, hoping to get some idea of what to do in order to stop this nightmare from coming to a tragic end for him. Zoe, however, was mesmerized by the dancing ballerina and the music. Glancing in at it, watching it dance in a circle. However, the music box stopped when Crimson Jack came up behind her and closed the music box. Snapping little Zoe out of her trance at the music. Hi, Grandpa Jack. She said sweetly, but with a little tinge of insanity in there. The two followed Peter, retracing his steps as best they could, but stopping in the research lab where Crimson Jack had hung his last three victims. He looked around, as if reminiscing about the three that he had hung so many years, perhaps decades ago. Meanwhile, in the next room, Peter was busy finishing the last page of what he needed to in the diary. He learned how to use the cursed weapon, learned how to affix the amulet onto the weapon. It was now or never. He sure he could run, but what would stop Crimson Jack from just coming after him? Plus, he had to worry about either getting past Crimson Jack to get to the stairs or deal with unlocking the vault door that led to the secret passage and the secret stairway going up into the to what he hoped was the cathedral. Either way, he had an obstacle. He might as well stand and fight it now. Closing the book, getting the katana ready in hand. He turned to face Crimson Jack, running towards him, rushing as fast as his 12-year-old legs could, could muster, and ramming the sword right into Crimson Jack's chest. Jack collapsed, fidgeting on the ground, almost like he was going through a seizure before finally turning to dust, taking the, the sword with him, leaving just the amulet on the ground. Zoe, appalled to watch her grandpa turn into dust, into dirt, perhaps the same dirt that was in the underground lake, grabs the amulet and places the medallion into it. Grandpa Jack will live again in me. And she runs toward the grave dirt in the underground lake knowing that it's only a few rooms away. He will live in me, or he will live in somebody, but he will live again. Peter, feeling lucky, decided to roll the dice that he still had. Who knows what they might bestow upon him. Giving them a toss, he threw them. Three ones. Suddenly he felt strange. He felt like his strength was just 
fleeting him. What an unlucky toss. But he could not stop here. He had to keep going. He had to try one last final attack to stop Zoe from her nefarious plans. Getting to his feet. He ran up behind Zoe and tackled her to the ground. They wrestled, struggling to see who could get the, the amulet. But as they fell and struggled, the amulet shattered against the, the stone floor. Zoe, crashing her head against the, top, against the stone floor and going limp in a pool of her blood. Peter, exhausted, gets up and leans over the counter. He had enough bad memories from this research lab. He felt drained. He felt like he could be 30 years older than what he was. He felt tired and old. But when he looks up, he doesn't, he looks into a mirror. But what is behind him is not the rest of the research lab. But instead, what he looks into is an organ room. And on the counter right below him, right beside him, lies a feather. I really got to get out of here, he mentioned to himself. But first, I think I should give a, a gift to a friend. I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight, listening in on yet another story of Tales of Terror, Betrayal, and the Labyrinth. I'm your host, Jason, and I'll talk to you tomorrow for the final episode of this Halloween series. Good evening, and happy Hallow's Eve.